Hi, my name is Derek Schneider, and I own Visiting Angels in Wichita Falls, Texas, and Lawton, Oklahoma. This podcast is called Addressing the Elephant because I believe it is better to be proactive rather than reactive when it comes to aging well. So each episode, I'll invite someone that has a ton of experience about an issue or topic that relates to elder care, which is a topic that if you live long enough, we'll all have to face. I hope you really enjoy. I wish I found you a long time ago. We could have taken it easy, could have taken it slow. And passed our old lives like a sweet summer day. All right, we are addressing the elephant today. We are with Beyond Faith Hospice and Palliative Care here in Wichita Falls, Texas, with with Mitzi and Audrey. Will you guys introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Mitzi Thomas, and I am an RN of nearly 22 years and an administrator and one of the owners of Beyond Faith Hospice and Palliative Care here in Wichita Falls, and we serve all the surrounding area as well around Wichita Falls. Awesome. I'm Audrey Kramer. I'm a nurse practitioner, and I've been a, I was a registered nurse probably about 27, 20, I don't know, 25 years ago-ish, and I became a nurse practitioner in 2012, and uh, I've had the wonderful opportunity of working at a lot of various opportunities here in Wichita Falls. Yeah. So, so Mitzi, how how did you kind of get into this world of senior care? Well, um, that's, let's see, the short version of that is I started um, way back in nursing school, actually, okay. as a home health aide working at, for a home health company cool. through nursing school. And so that's where my background began. And then later on, I um, wanted to get into the home health world because I was in the hospital and uh, it with the shifts and the family time and everything. So trying to balance that out. Yep. And I had the opportunity to go to work for uh, and to help start one of our offices that's located in Graham. And I uh, just went that direction and eventually uh, worked into a partnership. And so I've been doing home health and hospice for the last 13 years or so. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And so, and then now you guys have um, a hospice organization. Mm-hmm. And so how long has Beyond Faith Hospice been in, mm-hmm. open? So we've exclusively been serving uh, with our hospice program for, let's see, roughly about six years. Okay. And uh, for Wichita Falls, it's been about four. Yeah. And uh, we... We started in the home health business, and that really was the catalyst behind us developing our hospice program, and we have since sold that portion, but the need became apparent for us when we had home health patients that did not want to lose our our services, and we really had a lot of requests of of getting our own program started, and so that really began the process and really gave us a lot of insight for what that looks like to yeah. carry through that continuum of care for that patient uh, through the, the rest of their, their lives and the, the journey that they're on. And uh, home health is designed to be more short-term. Yeah. And then uh, ho- a hospice is um, more for that care and comfort time. Yeah. And really there's no end 
to that benefit as long as they continue to be eligible. So um, it's been a blessing for us to be able to see the differences and, and, you know, have that insight from a home health perspective all the way through. That's awesome. And you, I mean, you, what you guys are doing is solving a problem and coming up with solutions. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. And if, if if you ever get a chance to go to beyond face building around Kel, it is the, uh, the, the most decorated, the best decorated like place you'll ever go into. You're like, this is, thank you. This is literally like, it feels like home always smells really nice. All those different things. So whoever does that, great job. It's awesome. It's like the best is the best. It is. Um, so Audrey, um, and then how long have you been involved with Beyond Faith? Um, I have been involved with Beyond Faith for probably about two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really and truly, Mitzi and I just kind of, we we met one night and we went to dinner and we just had a wonderful yeah. time and we just kind of kept up. And I had the wonderful opportunity of working in some local nur- nursing facilities and we just kind of kept, yeah. kept contact with each other. Perfect. Perfect. So kind of what I wanted to, you know, just talk a little bit about, you know, what, what is palliative care? Uh, of course you guys do some hospice and you also do palliative care. Mm-hmm. And, um, so what is the difference of palliative care and hospice? So, uh, I'll just say to begin with that it's a palliative is the word is a little confusing yeah. because all, a hospice care is palliative, Got but it. not all palliative care is hospice. Okay. And it's two very distinct, different programs. And palliative, uh, the palliative program is really, my vision for that is to help be the catalyst to, to bridge that gap between mm-hmm. patients that may be at the end of their home health benefit that have met their maximum potential, that their home health nurse has said to them, we we're going to have to discharge you. Uh, you you're not healed. You're yeah. you're chronic, but you're somewhat stable in that process. So there's nothing that we can really rehab you for. And so so quickly, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, can you give an example of maybe a a chronic illness mm-hmm. that somebody had and or they were okay to have a home health with, mm-hmm. but at some point, some level, they mm-hmm. have to be discharged from mm-hmm. in in but then there's this gap. We hear, we see, I see this a ton of times. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a kind of an example of that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, cardiac patients are very Absolutely. common. Mm-hmm. Um, fragile uh, congestive heart failure patients. Yeah. Uh, they they will only that's that's a chronic condition. Yep. And so they're going to uh, stabilize somewhat, but they need that extra set of eyes and that upper level of care on them uh, in the home is the most beneficial because yeah. that's where that's where we live and yep. that's where our habits are that's what we do yep. and so with Audrey going in as that nurse practitioner with that advanced level of care and looking at what they call home and their surrounding it uh, enables her to better see the whole picture uh, to care for them and I I can let her touch on that some but yeah. that that cardiac patient um, will be better served and have less of a chance of more hospitalizations and trips to the ER simply by having more education sure. and having an, a set of eyes on them 
until they their bodies weaken and yeah. they're they're eligible then for hospice. Yeah. So that kind of bridges that gap between home health and hospice care. Yeah. And yeah. home health patients can have palliative care. Those okay. those can be offered at the same time. At the same time. Okay. So home health patients uh, don't lose any benefit. They yeah. can have Audrey come in and yeah. they can keep their home health company. Yeah. And we love working with everyone. Yeah. So uh, we, we, we want the best thing for the patient and yeah. we want them to, we want to earn their trust yeah. so that when that time comes and their home health does need to discharge them, they're not feeling like that they, they are back to not having anyone to come to their home and yeah. to make sure that they stay well as possible. Mm-hmm. That's our goal. That makes sense. So, mm-hmm. so um, I guess um, for me, kind of a little bit in this world, who then, if Medicare pays for this home health and then you can get palliative care too, how how is that, mm-hmm. who's paying for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there are, there are different parts of the Medicare program and benefits that patients have. Okay. And so home health is paid from a different portion of Medicare. Okay. And our palliative visits are uh, taken care of just as they would be if they went to the doctor's office. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. it's complimentary rather than having to choose one or the other. That makes sense. It's just mm-hmm. in where they reside. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> can so is there a specific criteria um, to then be seen by a palliative care pr- nurse practitioner or doctor? I can speak to that. Yeah. Um, mostly, this is strange, but you know, really, there kind of is no criteria. So okay. What I would do is, if we got a referral for my services, um, I do like to have a chronic disease attached to it or some kind of disease, whether it's COPD, congestive heart failure, um, chronic kidney disease, chronic liver disease, something like that. What about you know, what about uh, diabetes? Would that be a not, not necessarily. Not. Okay. The reason why is because, you know, it, it's maintained it's, or it's okay. maintained there, you know, blood sugars don't, I don't know, that's an excellent question. But, but diabetes does have, you know, issues where you have to go to the hospital and go back. But I guess more often it can be managed by your regular, by your PCP. It can Understood. be managed by Got an it. endocrinologist. But it may be if they also had a, another, um, um, diagnoses involved in that, then absolutely. Like, yes. Dementia or Alzheimer's or something like that. Sure. Okay. Or, you know, back to the, you know, I'll continue on the congestive heart failure thing okay. that, that you had talked about and Mitzi had spoke yeah. to, um, is that with with the diagnosis of congestive heart failure, it's not something that ever goes away. It's going to yeah. be with you for the rest of your life. A lot of my patients like to say, oh, I had congestive heart failure 20 years ago, but it's gone. It's not really gone. It's yeah. just there. And, you know, the, the word congestive heart failure is a little... A little scary because sure. you think, oh my gosh, my heart has failed. Yeah. It hasn't failed. That was just a term that was popular 40 years ago and that yep. just kind of stuck with it. Um, cardiomyopathy is another great word that encompasses congestive heart failure. There's a lot of terms, but yeah. congestive heart failure just really means that the heart has enlarged and it's just weaker than it was. So with that, unfortunately, comes something called acute exacerbation. That sounds crazy, but all it is just means is that it just gets worse suddenly. Gotcha. Most of the people go to the hospital to get yep. better and then they go back home. They get diuresis, they get a bunch of Lasix or whatever, and then they go back home. Yep. What palliative care can do for this person is say, ooh, 
you got some more swelling. You're not, your lungs don't sound right. Mm-hmm. What I can do is jump on that and say, I'm going to increase your diuretics. I'm going to increase this and get past that acute phase to where it doesn't really turn into a full exacerbation sure. and they have to go to the hospital. How often can you, can you see them? To kind of make sure, because you're getting, sure. what I'm hearing is you're getting on the forefront of things before exactly. something happens. Before it becomes an emergency. Yep. Exactly. So um, I like to kind of keep up with my patients about once a month mm-hmm. just mm. to kind of see. And today today was a great experience or a great example of this is I yeah. saw a lady about a month ago and um, today was my scheduled day to see her again. So I saw her and she says, I'm so glad you're here. Four days ago, I started getting a cough and mm. I'm just having a little bit of difficulty breathing. Perfect. So when I see them monthly, I can catch these things before they happen. Because how often does a patient really call their doctor and say, hey, I need to see you right now? Because of a cough. Exactly. Yeah. We want to wait until there's really a reason to see the doctor. Yep. And so, yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, You guys are being, I mean, this is what it's all about. You guys are being proactive, making sure that your patient is being fully taken care of so that there's not a, you know, an exasperation. I, I, um, my, my dad, uh, we kind of spoke off air a little bit of it. Like my dad had COPD and I can't imagine how that would have been really, really helpful for, yeah. for him because it, he was on and off of hospice. I've mentioned this a couple times on the episodes, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, for a course of four years. Mm-hmm. And so, but if maybe, you know, a, uh, a nurse practitioner of some sort, you know, was in there, um, it could have been real, probably really helpful to kind sure. of, hey, I'm I'm seeing this, or hey, maybe that maybe it'd be a good idea if you're if you're not smoking uh, today <laughs> or ever anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's excellent. So so that's that is the the uh, the medical kind of aspect of it. Um, what other things in terms of palliative that you guys kind of are involved with? Uh, and I know I realize everything is kind of maybe medical and or, mm-hmm. but uh, are there other things within the palliative spo- scope that you guys can kind of speak on? Well, uh, for everyone that, that listens to this, I also want to make sure that they understand palliative care can be different for yeah. everyone. Okay. Uh, it, it's not an inclusive program that everybody practices in the same way or in the okay. same manner. Yeah. Some are more focused on pain management. Okay. Some can be focused more on chronic disease management. Gotcha. And where where we want to benefit the community is that focus of that chronic disease and that progression, like Audrey talked about, yeah. especially with those with respiratory and cardiac histories yeah. that are fragile and that have a higher risk of hospitalization. Our goal is to catch those before they need to go to the hospital, like yep. she explained, uh, just with preventing maybe a respiratory infection that yeah. could lead to worse with yeah. a compromised respiratory patient that's already elderly and on oxygen mm-hmm. and this time of the year especially, and all of those contributing factors. Yep. Um, we can treat pain as long as it, it's affecting their cardiac or respiratory systems or something like that. But we're not, we don't go into patients with the focus of that being the primary concern. Got it. Uh, So those are different and patients should always ask those questions with their doctors, with whoever they choose to provide their palliative care and, and ask what their goal is and how they, how they operate their program. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really wise, mm-hmm. you know, 
to always always ask what's the what's what's the goal of this mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what's the goal of my treatment how you being here on a monthly basis how is this going to improve my quality of life mm-hmm. yeah i think it's extremely wise mm-hmm. do you guys help with any type of like nutritional plans or anything like this Ooh. not often well uh, audrey does um you know for heart failure patients Oh, you know, okay. Yeah, you absolutely. teach them how to modify sure. their diet. Oh, yeah, and- totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, speak- yeah, perfect. So as far as, you know, like nutritionally, what when you said that, what I first yeah. thought of was like, mm-hmm. Feeding tubes, no. Oh, yeah, 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 Not that, not that. More of like um, dietary suggestion. That's that's what we do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So with congestive heart failure, one of the things that that I teach in that, you know, when a patient's in the hospital, and we spoke to this earlier about before we started this, was that um, in the hospital, you are so stressed. You are so, you get so much knowledge thrown at you that you can't, decipher what's important and what's not. And then yeah. by the time you go home, you think, what happened? Yeah. So you get all this information and you have, you cannot absorb it. And that's, that's where that's I come right. in. Yes. I love to teach. I love to teach about their medications. And um, the big thing with congestive heart failure is to, um, because the heart is not pumping as well as it was, you're not getting rid of the Mm. the fluid like you should. So if you go back to fifth grade science, you think, okay, salt, what follows salt? Water. So when you drink, eat, eat a bunch of, you know, bag of potato chips, right. you know, three of them, maybe, like me. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> can't stop. You can't, can't stop. stop. You, you want to eat, you want to yeah, drink a whole bunch of water totally. to, to catch up because yep. you're so thirsty. So the, the what we do, and you know, when you're five years old, 15 years old, you can That's do no that. problem. Yeah. When you're, when you've had more birthdays and you have mm. uh, more medical issues, sure. your body can't handle it three bags of potato chips with four gallons of water. You just can't. So that's when we say, okay, let's let's cut the sodium down. Let's mm. let's see what happens when you cut the sodium down and you'll cut your water, your fluid intake down as a result. So this is a great example. I had someone I saw yesterday and uh, when I saw him last month, he was, I, I take that back, last week, he was drinking as much water as he could and he yeah. had congestive heart failure because yeah. it we're all told drinking a lot of water is what you need to do. <clears throat> Not when you have congestive heart failure or a lot of other chronic conditions too. Okay. So um, when you have those, you, you want to you know, drink as little as possible because that fluid stays in there. Mm. That fluid stays in your body. So when you cut your sodium down, you cut your water down. And uh, when I saw him yesterday, his oxygen saturation was 91%, which it, hasn't, it wasn't that last week. Yeah. So it's, but it's, it's all about, it's all about teaching and educating. Yeah. But you know, you, and I guess in a common scenario, uh, if you went to the doctor every six months, it more way, way difficult to catch that. Totally. Mm -hmm. You know, not only that, but you're also going into a place where you're not telling them everything. Yeah. Yeah. But when I go in their home Uh and I see him, you know, on his third cup of water, I'm like, Hey, How's how's that going for you? You know right. how's how's that working? Or you're sitting there and he's getting up to use a restroom twice yeah, in right. a in a in a forty five minute yeah yeah right or he's having difficulty breathing or something mm-hmm. like that. So it was nice to see him yesterday and that he he was breathing better and his swelling was down and he was good. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean that's it's fun. That's it that's really what it's about. it really 
our, our goal and our vision is yeah. to really complement the physician's offices. Yes, definitely. Right. Not take any, the place of by yeah. any means. No, no, no. We don't. We don't take the place of. So that's important to mention. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. So they good. They, so they, they can still, still see. go to their primary Perfect. care physician. They yes. still can see their specialists. Yep. We want to do that. We want to promote them to continue to yes, see them. Absolutely. Sure. But what we can offer to complement that is just like Audrey described that environmental factor that their their specialist does not see. And they're coming sure. into a controlled environment. They're walking into a, a, a doctor's office that has air conditioning that always works and yeah. heaters that always work. Yeah. And, you know, there's not there's not all of that that Audrey could go in and see and yeah. say, hey, you know, it's harder for you to breathe with your COPD when you don't have proper airflow in, in your home. Mm-hmm. No wonder you're going to the yeah. ER so often. Yeah. Or any of those things that we kind of take for granted that when, when it's our normal and our everyday, we don't realize what we're doing sometimes that, that hurts ourselves that the ER and the doctor's office doesn't see. So that really is an extra level of care and an extra, a set of eyes really in, in their home, wherever it is that they call home uh, really does make an impact on their overall, um, outcome yeah really absolutely and she can go into uh nursing facilities and see patients she can go to private homes just about anywhere um she can do hospital consults that's awesome if if we're called for for that extra referral yeah um so really it's it's very it's community-based and we want to be out there wherever we're needed i i find i mean hearing all this you know there's a lot that i didn't know and, you know, it re- reminds me some of just kind of some, sometimes you're in these situations and it's almost, you sounds like you're doing some like social work mm-hmm. aspect sure. stuff Absolutely. too, um, providing those resources. Sure. You're, you are, um, you know, in their environment and you mentioned where they're not, you know, adequately, uh, living, mm-hmm. you know, yes. and, um, you know, it's real important, you know, that you're able to see that and kind of point them in the right direction mm-hmm. in order or get a social worker in there. I guess mm-hmm. that's something you guys do to, to give them those those benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think from an outside perspective and a professional view also, sometimes the families of these patients also need the support. And, yeah. And see, dad, listen to what she's saying or, you know, to- totally that, oh, that kind of great. thing. Yeah. Um, and they will listen more and, oh, okay, maybe I do need to do that. Or maybe I don't need to live by myself anymore. Maybe I do need to consider letting people help me. You know, there's a lot of factors involved in that far beyond just t- a pill to take yeah. at a, at the right time and, or a meal and, yeah. and what the, those food choices are. So it's really holistic and encompassing and, um, Really, it is. It's very different than, like I said earlier, when when you're in a controlled environment yeah. or even a hospital. You walk in and you've got everything right there in front of the patient, what they need to be yeah. served and taken care of. But what happens when they go home? Yeah, so, totally. Mm-hmm. It's good to have that resource. Uh, do you guys? Um, I mean, you know, the title of your organization, Beyond Faith, mm-hmm. certainly has this connotation that is, you know you know, um, that has a spiritual aspect to Mm -hmm. it. And so, 
you know, I would imagine there's this aspect of kind of like thinking through, hoping for, longing for, you know, these conversations with these these folks that are aging. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I can talk a lot about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we, we only have a limited amount of time. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the name of our company, yep. Beyond Faith, uh, began originally from the inception of our home health program, mm-hmm. and it, it is biblically uh, based from First yeah. Corinthians thirteen thirteen, mm-hmm. and um, it it says that above all things, what do you have? You yeah. you know you have love, yeah. and so uh, we go beyond faith to provide love because we believe that love makes the difference. That's awesome, and that's truly how we. We really try to live our lives every day and how we try to embrace our our staff Mm. because they're the ones that really are out there doing this purposeful work. And when when I'm at the office, my hands and feet are my staff that are out there loving those patients. So Mm -hmm. um, really... um, I forgot your question. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I started. I started getting on the name. Uh, no, it's great. No, I mean, you, you kind of talked a little bit about just kind of like you, the in the organizational mm-hmm. structure, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how also does that kind of spill over to your patient care in terms of you know? I mm-hmm. just would imagine there's these convert. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not trying to force anybody into sort of um, mm-hmm. a faith based system. Oh no, but I would imagine there's these conversations that happen mm-hmm. naturally, holistically. Uh, because of y'all's approach. Oh yeah, I, most definitely. It it's it's our purpose. Yeah, and our purpose is not just Monday through Friday, eight to five, yeah. or just to to be a nurse, or just to be a social worker, or just to be a nurse practitioner. But it's to be good servants. Yeah, and that's what we're called to do. So we really try to lead by that example. That's and awesome. So it is spiritually based in that way. Yeah, and um, we hope to really be such a positive influence to each other and to everybody that we're able to care for that they they feel that love yeah and are not intimidated by that being to you know um whatever word you want to use yeah well i mean it's uh, you're, you're we're aging and mm-hmm, this, this is this mm-hmm. natural sort of thing that happens mm-hmm. and it's scary mm-hmm. can be for mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. and you know um, it's really encouraging and, 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 and needed that we have folks in the community that, uh, you know, have this bent that can kind of uh, speak clearly uh, and correctly and, um, and intelli- intelligently about what their life, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as they age looks like, mm-hmm. you know. I do have one thing I would like yeah. to speak of is I told you this earlier this week or maybe last week or whatever. But the thing I, I do want to say is that <clears throat> when, sorry, I did that. I shouldn't have. That's it. Anyways, but. <laughs> Coughing's accepted. <laughs> but um, I, I guess the thing that I, I feel, and I, you know, we were asking about beyond faith and, yeah. you know, giving patients our faith and that hope and that love. Um, the thing that I, I wanted to bring to the table was that I have, I've, I've always kind of been that way. You know, I've always kind of been, you know, and made fun of, oh, Audrey. <laughs> stop doing that. That's ridiculous. You know, you don't have to love on them that much or something. But the thing that I I love was that, you know, 
finding this home with Beyond Faith, mm -hmm. I'm allowed to do that. And it's yeah. not, it's okay because everyone else does it too. And yeah. going that extra little, extra little, you know, mile or 10 yep. miles, it's just, it's what you do. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. I have a home. It's good. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> so um, I guess kind of to wrap up, if we will, is um, as you guys have been in this business, how has it made you um, think about aging differently uh, than, than maybe, you know, a couple of years ago? Um, before being involved in the in like the hospice world mm -hmm. and, and and palliative care world, sure. Uh, um. So, are you talking like? Are you asking this question like as if before we did this? Yeah. How? So so oh, okay. um, so th thinking back uh, three five years ago, before you kind of got into the hospice world, sure. How is now that you're in it and you're kind of seeing even the latter stages of life, how has it kind of changed your perspective on the aging okay. process? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I want to speak to this because I think it's very important when you talk to people about their own mortality, mortality, yeah. that's this, yes, mm -hmm. when you, you have to be ready for your own. Yeah. You've got to understand your own mm. and you really, until you can really be comfortable talking to someone about that, you really have to face it yourself. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I mean, when I started working in palliative care about in 2015 uh, ish was when I realized, I mean, I, I had a very difficult time with that because you have to come, you have to do an about face and look at yourself yeah. in the mirror and say, it's going to happen to me. Yeah. And you've got to be ready. And it's, it's difficult. Mm. And especially when and you've, you've got to understand that that person has fear. Yeah. It's very, it's scary. This is a scary, it's scary. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to develop trust and you have to you realize that the person you have that's holding your hand, that's with you, you can trust them. It's good. Yeah. It's real good. I, I think for me, um, my love for the elderly really started from a very young age. So far back, I probably don't have a recollection of not because yeah. I was so heavily influenced by wonderful grandparents, and I still am. Yeah. And um, my, I helped take care of them, and I saw them through their own journeys, yeah. and uh, that really impacts me to see through the eyes of those family members mm -hmm. and even of that of that patient that we have to take care of yeah. what they really need that yeah. they may not know that they need. Because yeah. of my own reflection of of my own experience too, not just as a nurse, but as a daughter yeah. and a granddaughter. Yeah. So um, it that really, looking back now, mm -hmm. I, the only thing that I wish I had done differently with my grandmother's care was to get hospice in there sooner sure. for her. Yeah. Because it, it's such a feared word. And it totally is. Uh, really, it should be about living well. It shouldn't be about dying. Right. Um, but the word death and the word dying are, uh, we're born to, honestly, we are born as human beings to die. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. not one of us that are not going to face right. that. That's but right. yet we are d in denial of of that yeah. whole concept uh, of the of our mortality. Yeah. And we think that if we push it back and we push it back, that it's not going to happen. It's not going to come. So I think that having 
people that would come and give you that ease and that peace of mind before you're in that crisis mode would just be a huge blessing. And totally, it really should be turned the other direction to think forward, think about what, what would I want if, if I was really told I only had six months left, would I, you know, would I want to enjoy it and would I want people to help me live my best life or do I want to be, you know, and poked and prodded and then right. have aggressive treatments and, and not, not get to enjoy things. Yeah. And um, really, it's amazing. And we were talking a little bit off air about this as well, that you said that uh, you have family that are in the medical field yeah. that didn't understand what, what the hospice benefit really is about. That's right. And it, it's real that's really unfortunate but yeah. it's very accurate everywhere not yeah. not just in, in our own community yep. but um i think that going into the medical field the majority of people go into it to save lives right we we want to get you better totally. we want to get you going again we don't want to talk about not being able to get you mm. better because then we feel inadequate that maybe we've we've not done our job well uh but i think that it's important to focus on that progression that our bodies go through, we're not going to reverse that at some point. Right. So I think that reflecting what I didn't know then that I know now is that it should be a lot less scary to talk about death. Sure. We should be preparing well instead of, you know, just hitting, getting hit in in the face by some news. And then in our panic and our emotional, state that we're trying to make important decisions that we don't know how to make. Yeah. So, um, it's, it, it's very different. It's a very different field of healthcare. It is, is. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, it's, it's challenging Mm -hmm. and, uh, um, you know, I'm thinking back to when I was in college, I read this book, uh, by, by David Crowder. He's Mm -hmm. a musician. Mm Mm-hmm. And he written, he's written two books, but he read this book. It's called Everyone Wants to Go to Heaven, But No One Wants to Die. That's right. Oh, wow. Right? And so it's like mm-hmm. everybody has this like, um, you know, pers- everybody has this a dream mm-hmm. and or uh, hope or maybe a hope. Um, either they have this hope or they have, there's no hope, you know, for, mm-hmm. for some folks that maybe don't want to go there. But it's still scary for everybody. Mm-hmm. It it just is because it is very difficult for us to understand um, infinity and or um, mm. a, a, a you know we are these finite there humans. There is an end time, you know, mm-hmm. and so like there's this for, moment in mm-hmm. time, and and so it's just very very challenging, and and for mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons. Um, man, I uh, you guys are. Um, really, really valuable uh, for our community, and uh, what you guys bring is is pretty great. Thank you and so much. We're really blessed to to um, um, to have y'all here because it's so much. Thank you. Uh, means means a lot uh, that you're able to speak well and give wisdom to uh, to this community of aging aging folks. So mm-hmm. um, it is, man. A lot of times it's sudden, but uh, we're in this, you know, I think we get to kind of be with those folks that it's not sudden. It's this aging long process mm-hmm. and we get to 
Sure. Like I said, hold their hands, be with them, give them resources mm-hmm. for quality life. Mm-hmm. That's great. And I, I, you know, I think that what we do is so more, so much more than medical. Yeah. Because we really want to, we really want to love people well. Yeah. And that means giving them what they need spiritually mm-hmm. and emotionally and um, maybe even financially if, yeah. if, uh, Yep. Things are burdensome to pay for yep. and 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 then medically also with yep. it. But there's so much more to the programs that we offer that people just don't realize. They just don't realize how much the benefit that they have there to to ask questions about. And totally. They, they have choices, you know. So yep. it's it's better to prepare well and uh, have less surprise 100%. when the time comes. Hundred percent. So grateful for your wisdom, Audrey, Mitzi. Thank, thank you, you so much. It means a lot. It really does. Us. Okay. Well, um, until next time, this is uh, Addressing the Elephant. Have a great day. I wish I found you. I wish I found you. I wish I found you. I wish I found you.